Rogan Podcast. Hey, thanks, man. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You know, I've only ever known you, this is the first time we're meeting. Yes. Only ever known you on the Twitters. Yep. So, uh, you know, how's your day going? It's going well. <laughs> yeah? It's, uh, yeah, another day in paradise. Yeah, getting right. You working on anything right now? Uh, no, just pitches and uh, comics. A little bit of paperwork before we get started. Um, if you're listening to the, uh, to this on WordTetris.com or on iTunes or anything like that, you're going to get the first 20 minutes of this episode for free. Uh, if you want the full episode, head over to Patreon.com slash WordTetris. Sign up for the $1 an episode tier. Get the full episode. If you want the full episode plus bonus content, bonus Jay Ferber, head over to Patreon.com again and then sign up for the $3 episode tier. Uh, get this episode plus bonus content. Um, you know, uh, really helps show, helps me keep the lights on, uh, and helps me just, you know, find time to do it. <laughs> getting paid for it is very nice. Uh, yeah. So you're getting ready for a uh, staffing season? Yes. Yep. <laughs> What's the prep? What's the prep work for staffing season? Uh, I mean, my prep is I read as many pilots as I can, or at least read enough to know whether I like it or not, mm-hmm. and then kind of tell my reps which ones I feel excited about which ones I want to work on and which ones I have no interest in and uh, let them work how their big, magic. How big is each list comparatively? Uh, I mean, I, I try to make the, the like, I have to get on this list is pretty short. It's mm. two or three pilots. And then there's a, I'd say out of the drama, the network drama pilots, I'd say maybe half are shows that I would want to work on and maybe the other half or maybe even probably more than half I'd want to work on. And then a little less than half is stuff that is just a genre. Has there been I'm anything not that this in. season you were like, God, you don't have to name if you don't want to, but we're just when you're like, I got to get on that one. Uh, there there I, were a couple. One, there's, I read one for me that's like, I, I fuck, I want this one. Wh- which ones? Uh, I'm going to bleep it out. All right, that's okay? fine. I'm gonna, I'll say it, but I'm going to sure. bleep it for the audience. Yeah. Yeah, just, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one yeah. made me laugh so fucking hard. Yeah. And I was like, this is this is funnier than most comedies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. That's that that one's definitely on my list. Yeah. So so anyway, so but we're not here to talk about the new pilots. We're here to talk about <laughs> perhaps the most dreaded part of any writing process. You know, I, okay. I uh so rewriting. What's your yeah. relationship with it? Talk to me. Uh I'm I'm a big rewriter yeah. in the sense that I I'm a big believer in my making my first draft a vomit draft where it's just Okay, I talk to me about that because I think, you know, I actually haven't had a lot of people on uh recently who live that way. Who do the vomit draft? Okay. They're, they're, they're very sort of like, for me, the way I look at it is the my vomit draft is the outline. Okay, that's where I get to dump everything right, and right. be like, well, this sucks, this doesn't suck, move this around. Yeah. Right. Once I get to the, to me, the draft, I, I look at the first draft as writing holy text. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm like completely I, the opposite. But but I'm able to like, be, but because I've done all of the heavy lifting in the outline, right? It's not like I stress over the holy text. Yeah. Because I can't imagine writing a vomit draft. Because if I wrote fifty pages of vomit, mm-hmm. I would look at that and go, "I'm just going to chuck this in the fire." Well, it's see, see here's here's the secret. It's <laughs> okay. usually not vomit. Like I, I like to have an outline. I like to have a pretty thorough outline. Right. The vomit draft is a way of tricking my brain, at least, to let my, to not treat it as so sacred. To not obsess over every word and is this line the best possible line? Well, it I don't can obsess be. over that in general because if you do that, you're going into a hole. Yes, so I, I do the whole draft that way just so I have a shape. Even mm-hmm. if some of the dialogue is placeholder dialogue, and then once I have the vomit draft, then I can much then I see the shape of it and I can much more easily go back in and fine tune everything. How much changes? It depends. Usually uh, forty to fifty percent, maybe. 
It's a lot. Yeah. But my vomit draft is like in like two days. It's it's a fast work through the draft. I get I, get through it as fast as I, I can. I have started writing way faster. And for me, what changed, what's, but to me, re, for me recently, what started to change is like, uh, it's never plot. It's mm-hmm. never, I've, because of the way I've structured now, which is board out outline and in the outline do all of the heavy lifting there structurally yeah the, so the only thing that's ever changing is like i can tighten this dialogue right. i can make add more non-verbal cues here yep. to express yep. the same emotion yes it's rare these days that i go in and be like i have to completely rework act two yeah like, yeah <laughs> because yeah. i don't want to yeah. i i, I want to do the i have learned to do the rewriting before the writing yeah. these days and it's just it's it takes the weight off. Yeah, that that's that's what the outline's helpful for. Is I, I I rarely really get into structural stuff, unless I'm getting notes that you know something just really doesn't work. And okay, let me just restructure the B storyline or, or restructure this whole thing. And there's a better way to accomplish what I want to accomplish. Have you ever gotten that note where it's like it's not working? You go, but I swear it is. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's times certainly where what do you where do with it's. Those? I mean, ultimately, you have to do whatever the. Showrunner or the network. Well, I guess. Like, I mean, in I, I in guess I'm thinking. In case it says take the pressure off, he's like, well, I have to do what you want. Yeah, yeah. In, in I'm thinking more of pilots that I've written, but in terms of, of, right, well, of but let's go with death of a pilot. If it's something I'm writing on spec, right. that, that it's it's you know hopefully we'll sell it. At worst case, it's a sample. Then I'm getting notes from like my manager and maybe my agents or other writer friends. Uh, there was one pilot I wrote where I I wanted this big reveal to happen at the end of the pilot, and I kept getting the note like. It's got to happen sooner. Like it feels like you're treading water a little bit before that happens. And I kept resisting it and kept resisting it. And finally, enough people told me that, that I went through and made it the act one out. And the pilot got so much better from there. And it still gets me meetings. This was like six years ago. And it still gets me meetings because I finally listened to enough people telling me the same thing. Right. But I was, at the start, I was so dead set on like, this is a killer end of the episode. And they're like, yeah, but it could also be a killer End of the first day. That, well, that's the that's the hard thing I have I have been running into is I keep getting that I've gotten the note a few times where you've written like the entire first season in your pilot mm-hmm. and it's like yeah but and it's weird because I, I I there seems to be two classes of thinking with that and it really comes down to a question of, is the pilot a, a an actual script or are we just writing a a, a potential document for right, what can right. happen yeah because. If we're writing a script, then yeah, I guess I would agree. Yeah, you know, but also this is the as as far as I know, this is the only chance I'm ever going to have to write this yeah. world and tell yeah. you what this world is. Totally. So I'd rather you know pack it in with the entire season of shit. Yeah, but I mean, if it feels too packed, then right. it's not serving the purpose of right. of being a good script. No, but well, yeah. I mean, it also comes down to it's the. I have an I have an issue with the modern cable and mm-hmm. streaming shows. They run too fucking slow. They're, yeah, they're, oh, they're I feel the same so, way. There's I agree that network maybe overdoes it, mm-hmm. but at least shit's moving. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I don't want to languish on. Yeah, you know, are they going to rob the bank this episode? Right. Well, tell me by thirty minutes in if they're yeah. going to rob the bank. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Too much. It's a little too ponderous from my right. taste. So so it's I mean I so I find it you know when you're addressing notes like that how much to pull away what mm-hmm. not to pull away you know how are you going about, like what are you deciding what's important what has to stay versus like yeah. okay i guess i agree this is i mean i haven't run into that too much in terms of notes uh if anything my reps would usually argue for me to put more in really? uh i've gotten and and the last thing i wrote i put a a, a twist in at the end that 
if I ever sell it, I will argue to take out because mm-hmm. I feel like it burns. We get too far down the road, farther than I want. Uh, but I put it in there just because it it did make it like one notch of a sexier episode end. Uh, but in my in my pitch for the show, it was something that didn't happen till like a third of the way through the season. So it, but. For the pilot purposes, I put it in there knowing that I will hopefully take it out. What was the response? They they were fine because they that my reps at least wanted it in there in the first place. Mm-hmm. I just didn't tell them that I planned to take, plan it to take it out. You plan to take it out? And so okay, so and that was that the most re- that was the most recent. Yeah, that was a, it. Was a, a a pitch that I took out uh, this past selling season. Uh, came close to selling it, didn't sell it. So I decided to spec it just because I had spent so much time with my head in that world that I just wanted to get it out on paper and. You know, we may sell it next season. Did or you something. do a lot of rewriting on that one since it was just a spec? Uh, or how many drafts? Not a ton. I'm trying. I didn't do a ton. I mean, I, I wrote a draft, gave it to some writer friends, got their notes. There was nothing structural, so it was just you know tightening some scenes. Sent it to my manager. She gave me a round of notes that was also just nothing structural. And then the next draft was the draft that was done. So it was like three drafts, I guess. All right, here's an interesting question. I actually haven't asked anyone yet. Talk to me about the writer, the, the writer friends, right? The ones you go to. Here's here's where I'm at. I'm at a weird place with that stuff, mm-hmm. right? The going to the circle yep. before you go to the agents and managers. Yeah. The, ultimately, in my experience, the circle that I have mm-hmm. is everyone has wildly different opinions. And it's like... This isn't helpful to me. Yeah, yeah, I've reached a point where I'm starting to think maybe I don't want to go to the circle anymore right. because ultimately they're not the ones who have money to buy shit. Yes, I'd rather listen. Like if someone says I've got a hundred thousand dollars to buy a spec, mm-hmm. okay, what do you want? So you give me right. that hundred thousand dollar check, <laughs> and I understand that people yeah. will hear that and go, "You're you know you're creatively selling out." I'm like, but that's the this is the business. Right. The goal is to sell the thing. It is. It is. I mean, my, it, it just depends on. I don't send it to too many people. I think right. this last latest draft went to I think, or I mean, this latest project. I think only two writers read it and gave me notes mm-hmm. and. Uh, if there was any crossover between them, I would definitely do the note. Right. Uh, if it was something that one of them had said, but the, it didn't bump the other one, then it was kind of a judgment call. Uh, I think I tended to take most of them, but there were a few where I was like, well, this didn't bother the other person. It doesn't bother me. I'm right. not going to do that one. Right. Uh, it's, it's, and it's, how do you, I mean, how do you find the people that you want to go? For me, I th- I'm thinking of it more like, Critics these I think of it more like the way people used to seek out film criticism, mm-hmm. right? Where it used to be you'd find the critic that lined up with your tastes and you sent it. Me, for me, I, this is where I'm going to start abandoning is right. I would go to people whose taste was wildly different than mine right, to get their right. take. I'm now starting to think that was a waste of time and a big Yeah, mistake. Yeah, you want it to be someone who's like in the same ballpark as your taste and also someone who knows that, okay, this is a script for network consideration you know it's not a prestige drama uh so notes in everything that is a prestige drama Jay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and for me it's it's people i've worked with before uh whose whose instincts i trust 
And also, I mean, in, in my situation, it's writers who I trust, but who aren't on a show at the moment. Mm-hmm. I never want to burden somebody with giving me notes when they are in the thick of being in production. Right, you just uh, want to burden people who are depressed exactly, every day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, uh, and I return the favor. I, I, I mean, right. one of these friends is somebody who helped me with, uh, you know, I practiced pitching it on her, so she knew this show from the genesis of it. So it was really helpful to have her input uh, because she knew kind of what I was going for mm-hmm. uh, from the beginning. And then the other writer knew nothing about it, so he got to bring totally fresh eyes. So it was a good kind of balance. Now, how do you deal with the agent and manager's notes? Because... To me, the one problem I see there is they're not the buyers either. Right. They're the sellers. Right. And it's you are taking their you're listening to their notes and they're taking you're taking their notes and they're I assume their notes are based on well this is what the market is right now. Kind of. It's like I mean, what it's, is, what what I've I've been struggling with this question mm-hmm. because I'm dealing with something right now sort of related to it. Okay. What makes them experts? Yeah, I mean, it's... That's it's who I'm struggling with that right it's, now. It's frustrating. It can be frustrating. I mean, they, they know what sells. They mm-hmm. know what... Well, they know what has sold. They but, know what has sold, But yes. that doesn't mean that that's going to sell again. Like, like if and, and sometimes it will work against you. Like, oh, let so let's take when Lost was huge, right? Right. So everyone's like, give me, I need mystery shows. It's yeah, like, yeah. but you know where you're not going to sell a mystery show? ABC. Right. They got one. Right. <laughs> Although, but ABC had a plenty of Lost-inspired pl- well, shows. After Lost had ended, they were looking for the replacement. There was like three years there where they were like, we're not doing any more. Yeah, right yes. Try to think. When was like flash forward and that was the year that lost. That was the that was the year that lost was in its final season. It was was the same year. I remember it very clearly because it was the same year as V. It was really a question of which ones go, which ones get season two, V or yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, they made the wrong decision on that one. I think it should have been flash forward. (laughs) I loved flash forward. Never saw it. Oh, it's so goofy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) goofy. I like goofy. Um, but But it's it's. I mean, your reps, if they're good, they should be focused on what's good, not necessarily what will sell mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, and, and where I run into, uh, where we butt heads a little bit is they'll give me no, my manager particularly will give notes and then want to help fix them, like pitch ideas for how to fix it. To me, that's not helpful. Like right. give me the note, I'll go away and fix it. Right. Like I, I don't need pitches. And on they're giving to. their notes based. So when, so your manager, let's go with the most recent one. Like, mm-hmm. Any notes that you got where you're like, what are they basing that note on? Like, what is their, their if their goal is sell the show, mm-hmm. are their notes based on, well, this is how we will help me sell the show? Or I, is it I based on taste? I think it's just based on taste slash this will make the script better. Mm-hmm. And with the belief that better will help sell the show. Uh, so her note to me was that she wanted a little more emotion and that she wanted to, to delve into the lead character's head a little bit more, get a little more emotion out of it. Uh, which was fine. It was a good note. I went in, tweaked a couple scenes, added a little more emotion, uh, little instances where we could get inside her head more, and it, it it did the job and made it better. Do you find that their thinking is based in short or long term? Because like it could be that they give a note and you could go, well, I could do this, but if I do this, well, this arc destroys itself right. in four episodes. Uh yeah, I, I haven't run into that. No. I mean, they're usually more. I mean, they, like so they this, are smart people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. And and there are times where they'll give a note, and I'll be like, no, I'm not doing that. Because I want to hear stories of smart managers and agents who mm-hmm. are like, they know what they're talking about. Because it's it's just it's difficult to wrap my brain around. Because you hear so many horror stories, right? Yes. And I'm hearing some of them right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and it's like. I want to know. I want to be able to know that there's a reason these people exist, right? Because 
from looking from the outside, it's like their job in is it, to me their job is get you into meetings so mm-hmm. you can sell shit. Yes, right. That seems to be what their purpose is. Yet, if they're having a hand in the creative, that means their purpose seems to be more than that. Like I'm, I'm struggling these I mean, days with I, what their purpose is. I think ultimately, you know, managers and agents are slightly different, as you know, mm-hmm. and and yeah, my agents rarely give notes on. Can scripts. I actually? Because I've never addressed that either. Sure. Okay. From correct me if I'm wrong. Agents are basically agents are the ones who will sell the shit. They're legally they negotiate for Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm. Managers are the ones who are like, well, we're gonna work on your career. We're gonna you know send me multiple drafts of your shit. Like that seems to be the difference. And managers generally have less clients than agents do, so Mm -hmm. you get more one on one attention with your manager. I can always get my manager on the phone. Pretty quickly, agents might take longer. They have more clients, uh, so you get more. Only show up when check is ready to be. Yeah, I mean, and and they, but But that's not a bad thing. I mean, like that's what their job is. Yeah, but they also they. I mean, both right now because it's the beginning of staffing season. Both my manager and my agents work together to get my material in front of as many showrunners and producers as possible, and they kind of divide and conquer. Some Mm -hmm. have relationships here, some there, and. It, that kind of thing, but right. but the, but when I get notes, it's usually from my manager is the one who who rolls up her sleeves. And you and so they so you trust so they're trusted and you they most managers I assume haven't actually written anything, right? And it's it can be that, and this is where I want I just want to feel secure that because right. I'm on this journey right now where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm seeking one out myself, right? Right? And it's I just want to feel confident that I'm throwing into a pool of people that know what they're doing. Yeah, they do. I mean, unless it's somebody brand new. I mean, you look at their, you check them out. Like, who do they rep? How long have they been doing this? Uh, And yeah, you have to put some trust in them. You don't have to do every note they give. And there are some times I've chosen just not to do a note. I'll just ignore it. Other times Mm. I will explain why I'm not doing it. And in those instances, when I've built my case and like, here's why I don't want to do that. And She's like, okay, I can see that. Yep, that's cool. Uh, other because ultimately your name's on it. You're the writer. I mean, yes, there could be an instance where you come to loggerheads and it's kind of, you know, nobody's willing to back down. Uh, that hasn't happened to me yet. I've, I've, and there have been times where I've been really annoyed and frustrated, and you know, fuming and bitching to my wife. And eventually, I do the note, and it turns out fine. And and because I found a way to address their note mm-hmm. in a way that makes me happy, I can live with. Right, and that's now what you have to do. Next question, then follow up to that: Are you seeking to please your manager, or are you seeking to like? Because you can't address none of the notes, right? Because then, what's the point yes. of them giving you notes? Yeah, yeah. And again, the goal—if the goal is to sell the script—they're giving you notes based on we think I think doing this note mm-hmm. will make the script easier. Or more likely to sell, right? For whatever reason, right? But again, it goes back to who's got the check. Mm-hmm. The manager is not the person with the check. So your goal ultimately will be would be to not please the manager, but please the person with the check. Well, but you got to get your manager on board with it, right? Because they're the ones who are going to be able to get you in the rooms with the people with the check, right? So, I mean, you you can't take a hard line and be like, I'm not doing any of your notes, right? Because uh, they're not going to respond well to that, right? Like, you, of course, you've got to. And and if you can get them excited about it, they're right. ten times more likely to sell it. Does it become a conversation? It's not. Is it or is it just 
here's the script, here are my notes, and then no, it's, no, definitely, it's a back it's, and it's forth. It's definitely a back and forth, yeah, okay. for sure. I mean, the notes are usually, at least in my experience, delivered on the phone. I mean, some people, I'm sure, do them in person. Uh, but And it's a conversation. You can talk about the note, understand why they are giving it. Uh, and like I said, sometimes my manager wants to talk through, like, here's how you might fix it. Here's an idea I had where, you know, this would accomplish my note. Uh, but it, 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 and any of that conversation is good because it just helps you understand where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes it could be that they just misunderstood something you wrote. And you're like, oh, well, I wasn't going for that. I was going for this. Oh, okay. We'll just say that more clearly. And then the notes, you know, you just have to tweak a line or something. Right. Uh, so sometimes it's uh, Mount Madden. To hear the rest of this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash word tetris.